0: You're listening to the Team Top Figure Podcast, your one-stop shop for entrepreneurship, lifestyle, and motivation.
1: How's it going, everybody? It's your boy, Top Figure Style, back here with another KeyCast
0: episode Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Top of Wisdom, and we have a special guest here today. He's a serial entrepreneur, founder of UPSE. Man, I already said enough, introducing the man himself, Clarence. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me on.
1: Awesome, awesome. So, Clarence, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, kind of what you do, who you are, and also um, uh, tell us a little bit about Upsy. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I'm the founder and CEO of Upsi. Uh,
2: We'll turn three here in about four months or five months. Um, And what we're trying to do is disrupt the extended warranty business. So uh, we think there's three major problems that happen when you have to go to the register and get offered a warranty. Mm -hmm. Um, First, you you can pay as much as 900% more than you should. Mm -hmm. Um, Secondly, there's no transparency, so you actually never know what you're buying. Um, And then third, um, we all take a receipt and we throw it in the shoebox or a drawer at home and we forget about it. So um, what we're trying to do is solve those three problems for consumers um, and, and go directly
0: at the market head on. Awesome, awesome. So could you tell us more about uh, your journey of entrepreneurship, how you started, what really got you into this, just your whole story?
2: Yeah, so I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia, Um, uh, so born and raised there, Um, grew up in the streets. so I think, you know, my story is I I was kind of an entrepreneur from the beginning. Um, You know, you learn how to sell very early. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I think my journey was obviously not just stereotypical tech startup founder guy Um, you know I'm a diverse founder so I look different than everybody in the industry Um, and you know so I think my journey was one of you know like a lot of heartache a lot of pain uh, and a lot of figuring out like you know how to be the best person I could be Mm -hmm. Um, and that led me into entrepreneurship um, and you know fortunately i, I you know I've had like great mentors and great people around that really gave me an opportunity to better myself and be in some rooms that I didn't even know existed um, so that that's kind of led me to um, starting my own business which was a staff agency that failed um, it's probably one of the greatest failures I've had in my life because it really propelled me to the next level um, then that kind of pushed me towards up-sea, um and, and really seeing this problem and wanting to solve it for consumers
0: okay awesome uh, you said <clears throat> You said you're originally from Atlanta. So do you remember, like, the first time that you actually took the first step to try to be an entrepreneur or, like, go in that first room to really get out of your comfort zone? Because I know it was something totally different.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I tell people this pretty often. Like, like I used to sell dope growing up, right? So I, I think that was my first foray into entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, and just today is a little bit easier because I don't have to worry about like, getting my head blown off. <laughs> yeah. um, so... Um. That that was probably like my first like foray into it, okay. um, and then you know just like I've always been about like like doing my own thing and and like wanting to build something that people could use. Um, I, I think there's not a better feeling to building something and watch something that somebody that you don't know mm-hmm. use it and like it and talk great about it. Right, and so that that always. Um, you know, it makes me really happy. So I, I think, like, very early on, it was about, like, you know, sales. I think every great entrepreneur is a great salesperson. Um, and so, like, you know, you, you learn how to sell, um, and then you start to try to figure out, like, how do I, you know, create something of my own that I can sell, like, over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of my first foray into it. Awesome.
1: Like uh, You said some a uh, little bit, like, about hardships, you know, going through. Being a – we have a lot of listeners that are, you know, young entrepreneurs that, you know, are – like look like us and they're, you know what are some of like the you know hardships you faced being a black co founder but being a black founder and like how do you overcome these kind of things in, like the corporate side of things?
2: Yeah so you know I think every um every problem, you know, every piece of adversity is an opportunity, right? And um you know, you know, being you know that we are who we are, we look like we look like right, right, obviously the, the the game is a little bit harder for us, but I think that's an opportunity to separate ourselves. Um yeah, so, so when I think about, like, different adversities, obviously, you know, being black in tech is, has its own challenges, mm-hmm. um, but not being, you know, the the founder that dropped out of Harvard mm-hmm. and, like, had this formal background and all this other good stuff. And, A lot of money. Yeah, and, like, I don't talk like they talk. I don't act like they act. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I looked at it as an opportunity to, like, really prove myself. Um, and I think because of where I came from and, and the adversity I had to deal with growing up, um, you know, internally I was built for the entrepreneurship game because it's a lot of heartaches every single day. Um, it's a lot of hard decisions every day. Um, it's a lot of uh, you know, ramen noodles, you know, meals that come with this. Yeah. Um, and I just think like it's an innate ability that I have to you know I'm built for this and, and I'm okay with not having much, mm-hmm. um, because we're we, you know we're trying to
0: solve a big problem here. That's awesome. So, like, <clears throat> you mentioned you're trying to solve a big problem. When was, like, the first time it hit you? Like, yo, I'm tired of paying this much for warranty. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I have to take action. Like, do you remember that first day it really hit you, and then it was just history since?
2: Yeah, so I think how how we got to this problem was, you know, my, my background is from retail, so I actually used to do some work with a Fortune 500 company here in town, and, So, like, I got to see kind of behind the scenes of what was going on in this industry. And I still remember I I was talking to an insurance carrier, and I was like, hey, um, like, why do you charge consumers this much? Mm -hmm. And the insurance carrier was like, oh, well, we don't care about the consumer. All we care about is making money. And I'm just like, how in the hell can you run a business where you don't care about the consumer in this day and age? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was kind of the first moment where I was like, you know what, like, we could do something different. Uh, We could do something unique. Um, And we don't have to, like, change the landscape of the business. All we have to do is, like, the same way what Uber and Lyft did to to getting a car, right? Like, make it simpler, make it more transparent, make it easier. Um, I think we can do the same thing to the warranty business. Mm -hmm. Okay,
1: awesome. Yeah. So as far as, like, you know, Minnesota tech scene, how it's, like, pretty, you know, it's what is is it? The third now, I guess? um, one of the biggest.
0: It's growing. It's growing. Yeah.
1: Do you feel that, you know, there are enough resources, enough, you know, um, opportunities here, as far as you know, being a tech founder here in this in the state, or do you feel like we're missing something? Or?
2: So, so this is what I'm say about our community. Um, the answer is no, okay. right? So that there's not enough um, resources. But I bet if you talk to everybody that's not in you know New York, San Francisco, or Boston, I bet you they would say the same thing, right? Um, that there is. Um, there's a uh, there's something special happening here though. Like if you if you look at us, you know, this community five years ago to where it's at today, uh, I think we've definitely grown. Um, we've definitely um, moved forward as a community. Like we have one of the biggest startup communities uh, from like a tech uh, what is it TechStars week to yeah. Yeah, start start a weekend. Um, like we have one of the biggest ones in the country, right? So there's something special happening here. Uh, it's just like, of course, we don't have enough resources, we don't have enough investors, um, we don't. And but that happens when you have enough wins, right? So uh, I think what you're going to start seeing over the next ten years is you're going to see companies like having wins. Uh, across different verticals, and then those people are going to turn around and put money back in the community. Like, we're already seeing it with, you know, Scott Burns, who is, like, a mentor and a friend of mine. He's an investor in UPSI over at Structural. Um, you know, like, he invested in UPSI, you know, because he had a win, right? He had a win, so he was able to start planting um, his seeds in, in a bunch of different companies. Um, I, I think, you know, like, we're going to not see that out of one of two guys. We're going to start seeing that out of 30, 40, 50 people, um, and then that's going to create like the next wave of startups, and it's usually this cycle, and then we're going to look 10 years out, and we will be like, holy shit, we have, like, so many wins in our community, and we have the next wave of entrepreneurs that are doing really cool stuff, and, you know, guys like us are putting $25,000 in guys like you to get started, right? We're going to start seeing that over the next 10 to 15 years. Um, uh, But our community has grown tremendously, Um, and I think there's a lot of exciting things happening right now.
0: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, one thing I wanted to <clears throat> get into. Um, So, Upsi, it was originally, you had it going for about three years now. So, the first year, like, tell us a little bit about what it was. Because I know it definitely wasn't easy just to yeah. say, I'm starting this. You, you basically started a whole new lane. Like, that first year, what was, like, the biggest obstacles, the roadblocks, some things you hated, some things that sometimes even want to make you give up sometimes, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, so I, I think... You know, people don't understand a lot of times, like, before we ever launched, it was three and a half years of work, like, like getting partners, um, you know, figuring out how we're going to build a technology, you know, just starting from scratch like a normal entrepreneur. But it was a lot more work because we're in a regulated industry. There was just a ton of work there. Um, so before we ever got to, like, let's go and do this, it was like, let's spend three and a half years of our lives making no money, doing nothing, trying mm-hmm. to figure this out. Um And, uh, you know, I I actually remember the first year like it was yesterday. Like, it sucked because we were making, like, we were doing, like, $200 a month, $300 a month. And it was like, crap, like, we're not making any money. Like, we can't afford anything. Um, You know, you just keep, like, chugging. Like, if you believe in your mission and your value, which is, you know, we wanted to solve this problem. We knew there was a better way. Like, we didn't know anything else, right? Like, we didn't know how to do it, right? We didn't know how to market. We didn't know how to do all of that stuff. We didn't understand metrics or OKRs or, or KPIs. But we knew, like, from a mission standpoint, like, we were doing the right things. Um, So the first year was devastating. I I can tell you, like, so many times I wanted to just quit, right? But that's why I also think it's really important to have really smart people and really supportive people around because, like, if you have a mission and they start believing your mission, like, they won't let you quit, right? Um, And so, like, a lot of the first year was, like, you know, testing, figuring things out, Um, like, talking to a lot of customers. You know, that's one thing I encourage entrepreneurs to do is spend all your time talking to customers, right? Because they're the only truth in your business. Um, and so um, the first year was, I would probably say the first two years was like the hardest ever. It's still hard every day now. Um, it's just different kind of tough today, right? Like like growth is tough. Um, hiring is tough. Um, you know, dealing with investors are tough, is tough. Um, but, you yeah, know, it's you, you tend to start respecting, like, what you go through the day because you remember when you didn't have any money before, yeah, so. That's yeah.
0: Different, yeah, no, you got into two very important things I want to get into, but the first thing you kind of briefly mentioned is surrounding yourself with the right people. Like, how important is that now we're in a day and age, if you're not around the right people, you're not going to survive in this game. So, like, what are some tips and advice you would give to people to be around the right people at all times?
2: Yeah, so I, I would say this, like, like, Talk don't mean anything, right? Like, actions mean everything, right? So surround yourself with people who are actionable. And, like, when they say they're going to do something, you can see them going to do it, right? Um, and a lot of times that will show you the person that you should be, like, using as an advisor and that kind of stuff. You know, I, I talk about um, my guy Rick Norro from Go Capital. Uh, he's been a mentor and a friend for a long time. Um, everything that he said he was going to do, he did there was a lot of times he did stuff before he even said he was gonna do it. He just did it right um, no pay, no equity, no nothing. just did it right um because he believed in the mission um and when we were able to take care of him and pay him like we paid him right because he was like like there's no amount of money that we can give this dude for what he did for us to help us move forward. Um, yeah i joke around and say like there was a lot of nights where like, I was just like lost in whatever we were going on going on uh, with our company, and I would call this dude at eleven thirty at night he would pick up the phone and he'd be like, "Hey man, let me crawl out of bed you know and like let me talk right and a lot of times it was just me needing somebody to talk to, not really want anything, but like talk and say the same thing over and over and over again, and he would sit there for an hour and just listen and just talk, right so um, who you surround yourself with determines where you go. It's no different in life, right? Like yeah. if you surround yourself with losers. You're probably going to be a loser. If you surround yourself with winners. You're probably going to like accidentally be a winner. Right. Okay. Um, and, and so I believe in that. So I, I try to surround myself with people who are, you know, much better than I am. Who's much smarter than I am. Um, and you know, I'm fortunate to be married to a woman who's like, like better than anything I, I could have ever imagined. So it's like putting yourself around people that are better. Um,
0: just tends to make you better. Okay, awesome. And uh, the second important thing you really mentioned is hiring, like growing your team. the The hardest part is finding the right people to join your team, especially at a startup stage. You don't want to be adding anyone. So, like, what are some things you're facing right now, or is, like some advice that people are going through similar things that you could recommend?
2: Yeah. So I would say hiring is hard, right? Like it is, it is, it is tough at any stage. I don't care whether you're like two or whether you're like 200 I just think finding finding talented people is, is tough um, and then when you add the layer of culture right and how important culture is to you know any company especially ours it's so important that like like who we are is kind of like exemplified in every person and like for me that's really important to build a culture that is about grace you know we we talk about grace internally all the time um and grace for us is about like like treating each other with respect and understanding that each other that we all can make mistakes and that's okay right and um i, I truly believe the only way you find great innovation is by allowing people to try and mess up um and building a culture like that is really hard right because messing up at this stage with ten thousand dollars is a lot of money right but to me it's the only way you make it to where you can start messing up with a million dollars you gotta mess up with this first right yeah, yeah. um so everything we we do is about like like creating this culture around that um so i, I think like not only is about finding talented people finding people that fit with you is really
1: important yeah, that's huge. yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah so that's pretty much
0: you know um uh,
1: yeah
0: go? i wanted to ask so like um as entrepreneurs you know how valuable it is to really like read books like are you a big reader Um. so I, I am a spot reader which means like
2: like I read stuff like at spotty times right so I may go six months without reading anything and then go the next month and read three books right like I'm just a lot of it depends on like what I have going on yeah. in life and yeah, I got two kids so it's like like they're enough of my time um. but yeah I mean like you know I've read you know I've been horrid with you know the hard things about the hard things and like like those type of books I think of like just like if you're an entrepreneur you better read them mm-hmm. um but yeah not not super big to where I consider like caught off like hey I read these books the last eight yeah. months right okay no, oh, you
0: don't ask.
1: yeah I had something so pretty much like you got anything else like going on other than like upsee or you got any exciting projects or anything that's <laughs> like
2: outside yeah. of work yeah <laughs> no I man I'm married um <laughs> <laughs> that's my other project um no nah, man like like so, yeah, I truly believe that in order to do this game the right way, mm-hmm. like you have to be like focused, you have to be so focused on on what you're doing, right, so like like it always trips me out when I hear people talk about like doing twenty things, right, and i'm just mm-hmm. like man i'm not like I'm not very good at one, right, let alone twenty um so for me, like focus is really important, so I have to you know put things in order, like God is always first in my life um my family is always second um and then my business comes third i can't do much more than that so i'm probably not a great friend Mm -hmm. you know i'm probably not like a great mentor to some people um you know i definitely don't communicate very well with people outside of those three things um so i i tend to uh be focused on the things that
0: like i can control and those are those three things yeah no you mentioned um i like the one you mentioned about uh Investors, so like, how important is it not to jump into investment when you don't need it? That's like something a lot of people mess up on because once you get an investment, it's like a whole new ballgame.
2: Yeah, so I I think people we we've made and when I say we, I'm talking about like just over our general like startup community, right? We've made raising money this like fashionable, cool thing, right? I can tell you now, it's not very cool. It's not very fashionable. <laughs> like right. like it is. It, the process of it is tough. Um, the responsibility of it is it takes you to a new level. Um, and I, I think, like, like either you're going to be, you're going to rise to the occasion of it or, like, you shouldn't take people money, right? Um, especially when you start taking, like, institutional VC money. Um, so I, I think we've kind of glorified this whole raising money thing. Um, so yeah, all, my question to businesses is always, um, like, do you have a business that can scale to be a business that sells for, you know, millions of dollars, right? Like, like, there's a lot of businesses, I'll probably say most, that shouldn't take venture capital money because, like, you're not trying to have an outsized exit, right? So it, it makes no sense for you to take money and take that responsibility on. Yeah. Um, if you can build, like, a great lifestyle business where, you, you know, you and your family can do well and you can employ other people, like, that's awesome. But I, I think we've we've made taking venture capital like this really cool, like if I do it, I, like, I'm, I'm like validated type yeah, that, thing. Like, like, um, yeah, and it's like, and, 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 and don't get me wrong, it does do that, right? Like, like, like once you raise around a round of venture capital, you're kind of seen in a different light. Like, oh, like your business must be in a good place, yeah. like because somebody like who don't know you, don't trust you gave you their money. Um, but i implore people like to really figure out is your business one of those businesses or not and, and there's there's nothing wrong with not taking venture capital right like there's nothing wrong with that um, same way there's nothing wrong with taking venture capital you just have to figure out what's right for you
0: yeah no and you you raised um quite a, a decent amount of money but what was the process of really like finding the right investors finding when you should take it finding who should take it like that whole entire process what was it for you
2: yeah, so I mean, so fortunately, so last year we got into um, TechStars, um, and that changed the, like the life of our company um, because it 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 took all the things that like we didn't know as a company and put it right in front of us and gave us access to it. Um, and so coming out of that, uh, we had momentum going. We was growing revenue twenty five percent month over month, and like we were we were in a really good place. And so our raise, you know, we got access to the investors we want to access to right like so TechStars literally made those introductions to the people that we needed to get to um and because we had got validated in the program we had people talking about us um you know it really helped us like get in front of the right people at the right time um the raising money process is is tough right like like you you know i'm sure you guys heard the phrase of kissing a lot of frogs right like like you're gonna kiss a lot of frogs you're gonna take a lot of meetings that you know, don't mean anything to you, um, but that's kind of a process. Like you, you're, you're, you're taking you know 30 meetings to get one yes, yes. type thing. You know, I, I know guys who who've done 150 meetings to get a yes, right? Um, yeah, like, but I mean that's part of the game, right? Like you can't do a startup if you're not persistent. Um, but the, the advice I try to give younger entrepreneurs that I learned personally was. Um, you know, understand your business better than anybody else on this planet, right? Like, like I'm, I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs I meet, and like they don't know their business better than I do, and I'm like, I'm not even in your space, right? Like, I literally googled, <laughs> like I googled a couple of things and figured this stuff out, right? Yeah. So, like, they're, they're, I, don't, I think there's nothing more foolish than going into a meeting with somebody and they know your business just as well or more than you do. Um, and then two, I would say, like, understand the metrics of your business, understand what drives. Your business. Understand what levers you pull um, and what they're going to do for your business. Took me two years to understand that. Like literally, it took me a long time to understand how important metrics were to our business. Um, and then once you figure those metrics out, then it just becomes a math game. Does it take less money to acquire a user than it than it will over the lifetime of having these users? If the answer is yes, somebody gonna give you money, right? Um, if the answer is no, you need to go back to the drawing board and look at your, your business and, and your unit economics. So um, I, I think for, for young entrepreneurs, it needs to be about, like, like, the metrics and understanding your business more than anything. And there's, like, there's so much money in the market, right? Like, there's literally, like, like, hundreds of billions of trillions of dollars just sitting there to invest in great businesses um, and to separate yourself, know your business better than anybody, understand your metrics, and somebody gives you money
0: yep no that's a very valid point, and one thing I wanted to talk a little bit about is how important is it to really like pivot like as soon as you find out something's not working how quickly because you know the phrase for entrepreneurs is fail fast like yeah, sure. how like what 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 are your thoughts on that
2: yeah so I, I think something that saves you from pivoting too much is doing your user research before you ever start a business right so like this is what I see a lot a lot of entrepreneurs do. They start a business and then they try to go find a problem, right? Yeah. It's like, hey, I got this cool software idea. I'm gonna build it, right? Because I'm a coder, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna go to the market and try to figure out where's where's the problem at, right? Yeah. Um, like, there's so many tools today where you can like build like a fake product, right? In vaporware, and you can go to businesses that you think like have a problem and try to use. It to solve. But I see so many people I'm like build out a full product Everybody. and then go do it. And then when that person says, yeah, I like this 10% of it, but the rest of it is crap. It's like, well, I got to go back to drawing board. and I got to spend 90% of my time rebuilding this. Right. Um, I think it's really important to like do that user, you know, work. Like one thing I think was a saving grace for Upsy was like, before we ever built a product, we were doing like, like user feedback research. And like, we were out, literally out in the streets, like, talking to customers, like, hey, how would you feel about X? How would you feel about Y? And taking that feedback, um, you know, we use firms to do, like, research in the market. We did so much work. So by the time we got to the product, we were like, these are the three things that people are talking about. That's what we're going to build around. Um, and so, like, y- you, have to, you-, you have to do that work before because then that keeps you away from those, like, deep pivots, pivots. right? Like, like Upsea has pivoted. Like, on multiple fronts, like, like from a, like, a how we get to our customers, that kind of stuff standpoint. But our mission is still the same mission we had when we started the damn thing. And that was, like, we're going to solve these problems. Not have those problems and messages changed? Yeah, of course. Um, um, but I don't, I feel like if you go into this and you do your, reser, your user research, you'll figure out very quickly whether you should be doing it or not. Or whether it, the market is saturated and, like, too many players shouldn't be doing it. Or... All the players are doing it this way. I want to do it this way, right? Like like that's how you separate yourself from the market. But a lot of people don't do their user research at first. first. Um, and then they 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 build a product seeking a problem. Damn, that's
0: that's crazy. That's very, very valuable. Um, yeah, like we're about to wrap this up here. Like one final advice that you would give to like a startup that's in that startup stage and they're going they're literally like pulling their hairs at this point.
2: Yeah, man, like keep going, right? Like, so I think a lot of times, you know, um, it's easy to quit and it's easy to stop and it's easy to listen to people. Um, so that that's my first piece of advice is to 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 persevere and keep going. Um, and then the second thing that like like I tell people all the time is like you can't do both. And what I mean by that is like you can't have your fun now and have your fun later it's just not going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like like at some point you're going to have to sacrifice. You know, and and yeah, I was just telling a buddy this other day, um like you can't build like a big company and like and like and have all of the joys of life, right? So you can't go clubbing yeah. and and be in the early stages of building a company, right? Like you can't go on the vacations, you know, once a month and still be a great start right? like like at some point you got to sacrifice and I remember telling my wife this early on we're going to sacrifice now so we can have later yeah but we can't have them both we can't have now and have later right yeah. um and so my, my second piece of advice is like like figure out what your priorities are and sacrifice for them right because i truly believe that if you persevere and you sacrifice and you surround yourself with the right people and you do the user research and you you do all these things that like i think are fundamental fundamental to like having a good business, I believe good things will happen. That don't mean like you'll sell for hundred million. That don't mean like you're gonna have this huge success. That doesn't mean you're gonna get depressed. That doesn't mean like any of that stuff is gonna happen. But it will give you the best shot
0: possible. Wow. wow. Guys, this was an amazing episode. We hoped all this valuable stuff we have today helps you guys. Um yeah so Clarence if you want to tell them all your socials, where they could find you, all of that. Yeah for sure. So you can find
2: me on Twitter. That's probably where I'm most active Um uh, and on Twitter it is Clarence C L A R E N C E underscore, Bethia B E T H E A on Twitter same thing on Insta, um you know you can reach out to me on LinkedIn it's just Clarence Bethia, um you know happy to hear from anybody that has like any questions, you know like we're hiring. (laughs) <laughs> um, so, so, uh, so if you're uh, like if you're in growth, if you're in that whole marketing, digital marketing thing, um, please reach out to me um, directly or get these guys, get my email from these guys. Um, looking forward to hearing from
0: anybody that wants to connect. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So yeah, with that, that's another episode of the Key Live, and again, we're giving you guys all the keys to open endless doors and endless opportunities. Thank you guys.